We are so grateful that you are joining us today. We as a community pray that the Lord would refresh you as you hear today's message. If you would like to support and further the work here in the city, please visit us at www.oasischurchchicago.com or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Now, here's Pastor JP with today's message. Yeah, come on. Can we thank Jesus for worship and our team? It's amazing. So um, right in the middle of April, be on the lookout for some exciting stuff coming. Uh, just songs that we've been singing as a church family are, are going to be available, and we're just so excited for what God's doing in and through this church. Um, you know, when I was talking with those guys, when we first um, launched this out, and Jordan made mention of this, was we knew that God would always have a call of worship on this house. We didn't know what that meant, you know, we just knew that God was going to stir up worship in this house, meaning the church, this house, and um, it was going was gonna to show people what true worshipers look like, and he's doing it, and so we're just so excited, grateful for all that God's doing. You guys, even though you're not on that screen, you're all part of it, okay? I don't want you to say like, wow, they're really cool people. How do I get in that group? You're in the group. You're already in. You're awesome. And so it's not about any of these musicians. It's not about Jordan or any of these guys. They say this all the time. They'll be the first to say it. It's about us bringing the presence of God, being carriers of the presence of God through worship into the city, into lives, and showing people that there is more with Jesus. Can I get an amen this morning in this quiet church today? Amen? And so, so excited. Uh, I made mention real quick, I just want to give honor where honor's due. Pastor Tim Rice and his wife Karen are here today. They're in the front row next to Rach. Um, Pastor Tim is actually an elder at my parents' church. Uh, he sits on our elder advisory board here at Oasis. And so this is your first Sunday being able to get out here. And so we just want to welcome you guys. Thank you so much for praying, for believing, for speaking, for guiding, for just telling us we're crazy and uh, showing us the right way to go. So it's such an honor to have you guys here today. You excited to be in church? I'm going to preach a message this morning. And um, this message, uh, if you have joined with us in our prayer meeting um, over the, maybe the past two months, you heard this message at prayer meeting. And so I'm just going to be very transparent saying I'm hitting it again round two. Okay, and so uh, this message came to me as we were leading up into our prayer meeting, and I, and I, I preached this message, and um, I didn't really think, um, I'm setting myself up here, <laughs> I didn't think, I believe God's word always carries weight, and I believe the messages always go forth, and they make impacts, but this one was like, you know, I'm an affirmation guy, <laughs> and they were coming up, people were coming up saying, Pastor, that word did something to me that I've never thought about. And, and it's just continuing to stir in people. It, it did a, something in my heart that I really had to lay bare before God when I was prepping this message. And I had to let God do some surgery on my heart. This message, guys, is a message I believe that we need more than ever today in our lives. Whether you know Jesus or not, today, this message is for all of us. <laughs> They're like, what is he about to preach? <laughs> And so today, I want to, actually today and next week, we're going to go through this story. And it's a story about David. I love David's life in the Bible. Uh, I preach a lot of messages off of David. I, I, I like his story. I, I realize, though, all throughout David's life, something is true, and that is this. He was human. He was a human being. 
I think we read this Bible, or maybe me sometimes, and I read about all the amazing people, and I think they were superheroes. Like, they were incredible. They didn't have anything wrong with them. And the reality is, is that the Bible is about a bunch of imperfect people made right by Jesus and God's grace. They were just like you and me. Okay, so sometimes people come and they're like, I can't read the Bible and relate to these guys. I'm not like them. And I say to them all the time, yes, you are. We're just like them. These people that made the book are just like you and me. And David is one of those men that I love to put my life up to and say, okay, I'm doing better than I think I'm doing. Or, hey, you know what? I see David's life, and this is in my life, and it needs to change today. This is how you should read the Bible. The Bible's fun. The Bible's fun. And it's also got some crazy stories in it. People say to me all the time, it just, you know, I, I, I don't like reading the Bible. It's boring. And I'm like, really? Let me show you some stories. Because some stories in this Bible are crazy, scandalous, hello, out of, just like out of my mind, crazy. But that's how awesome the word is. It's fun. And it's just like life today. And so this scripture verse that I'm about to read, some of you are going to receive it and go, where are we going? Hold steady. We're going to be all right. We're going to get there. I believe this message is today. I entitled it, Balcony versus the Battlefield. Balcony versus the Battlefield. 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 4. I'm going to read it in one second. David is now king. He was a shepherd boy. He did well for his father. He went to where the giant was, where the giant was talking down to the people of God, and the people of God were scared for 40 days, and David shows up as this young shepherd boy, and he was prepared for the battlefield. I'm preaching right now. He was prepared for the battlefield because what he did in the shadow moments carried into the public moments, and so he is at the giant. He stands before the giant. He takes a slingshot, takes a stone, and he kills the giant, and everybody loses their mind. They're all protected. They're all safe and they elevate him to king. Talk about a story. And so David is king now. And David has been a king for a while. And I want to say this. I think I got to give him a little credit. I think David, uh, throughout his life, went through a lot of things. I think in this moment in his life, he was tired. He was worn down. He had experienced a lot of stuff. When you are tired, you are at your weakest moment. Okay? That's why I said a couple weeks ago, if you're physically tired, go take a nap. Sometimes that's the best counsel to tell people. They're like, I'm exhausted. And they're like, tell me something. I'm like, go sleep. Get off your phone. Plug it into a different room so you're not like this in your bed. Just like, sleep. Just sleep. Right? Rest in the arms of Jesus. Not on Sunday mornings, but, you know, another time. So David's tired. He's been doing a lot. He's been going through a lot. And it lands him right here in this story in 2 Samuel 11. In the spring, at the time when kings, a.k.a. David, go off to war, David sent Joab out, okay? So that's like his right-hand man. And I just put in this note, because this is going to help, help somebody. I don't know who, but stop sending people to do the battles that you are called to do. Okay. With the king's men and the whole Israelite army, they destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Reba. But David remained in Jerusalem. This is the scandalous part I was talking about. This is a crazy. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, 
and he slept with her. The rest of the story is very tragic, and it's hard to read, and it's, it's a heavy story. And David, actually, she, beca- but she becomes pregnant by David, and, and David realizes that he has made a massive mistake. And he tries to call back for her husband to come back off the battlefield and go and spend time with his wife to show, hey, you know what, that's not my kid, that's actually his kid, and tries to make amends. Guys, can I be honest and say this? Only God can heal sin. Okay, so, so David tries to make this all happen, and, and Uriah shows back up to, to say, like, what's up, king? I'm here. And he says, hey, can you go spend time with your wife? She, I just want to give you a break. And he says something in verse 9, but when Uriah didn't go home, he slept that night at the palace entrance with the king's palace guards because he knew he was called to do something, and he wasn't going to give that up. And so this story is crazy, and pastor, like, why are you sharing this piece of scripture this morning? Great question. Because I look at this story and I see a balcony and I see a battlefield. You ever find a place to rest and like that's your spot to rest? Come on, this is interactive. Like you know where your spot is to go and rest. Like, like whether that be your bedroom, whether that be your office, whether that be at the park. Like for me in the summertime, not right now, but in the summertime in Chicago because we live in Chicago and it's awesome, um, is my balcony. I have a balcony. It's very tiny, but it's awesome. It has a chair. And nine out of ten times, when I go out there, that is my escape place. I go there, and I, and I read. I sip my coffee. I just talk to God. I just stare up into the sky. I kind of just shut off. Anybody have that place where you can just go and be at rest? I love balconies. I love going to warm places and sitting on balconies and looking out all the beauty out there, whether it's the beach or, or, or the pool, whatever the case may be. Balconies are comfortable, Right? I don't want to leave my balcony. Like when my alarm goes off or Rachel calls me and says, time to go, I don't want to leave. I want to just sit out there all day long. Why? Because I don't have to worry about anything. I get to shut off. I get to kind of just forget the world, and I get to be in a place where it's just me. And and I've come to realize something. You know this. You guys are all smart and amazing and beautiful. You can't sit forever on the balcony. Like at some point in the day, Some of you are like, well, actually, I can. (laughs) I want to be your friend and hang out. At some point in the day, the balcony is going to go. The balcony time is over. That place of rest is over. And what we believe, what I believe is, as a believer of Jesus Christ, you are going to go from the place of rest, and you're going to go into the battle. What happens on the balcony matters. What happens in and through your time on the balcony matters. I'm getting somewhere. This is going to help. We can't stay there forever. David stayed on a balcony. David stayed at home. David chose comfort over calling. Guys, you need to come to the resolve to choose calling or comfort. I believe Jesus Christ died on a cross for me so that I don't have to choose to live a comfort life. I am choosing to live a called life. Hello? Hello? Yo, church, we're going to be a church that is always about calling. Yeah, pastor, I want, I just, is it it wrong for me to have comfort at times? No, that's not what I'm talking about. But when you're just going home and you're living in your little box and you're not worried about the people around you and you're just like, I got to live in my world because my world's safe, it's called comfort. And Jesus died on a cross so that we could be called and commissioned to go, not live on a balcony of comfort. David chose comfort over calling. You know where comfort's found? 
in a casket. Some of the visitors are like, I'm never coming back to this church. <laughs> I love you guys. It's found in a casket. I, I say it all the time. You know when I want to be the most comfortable? When I'm dead. <laughs> Why? Because I got eternity with Jesus Christ to spend. Right now on this earth, I got some work to do. Right now on this earth, you got some work to do. If you claim Jesus Christ, you have a plan and a purpose to carry out on this earth. You have but a moment, a breath, a mist of life here on this earth. And David shows us that, hey, you keep choosing comfort, you're going to fall. You're going to fall. Uh, the balconies that I'm talking about, today aren't just this balcony of sexual immorality. That's what this story is, but can, can we go a little deeper? Six of us, the rest of y'all love you. Can we, just, can we just look at balconies as maybe areas in our life that, that have become dormant, have become desensitized, have been rid with guilt and shame, places in our lives where nobody else knows that they're there except Jesus. Like, can we, can we just, can we put balconies as, as like, the, the places in, in our lives that we choose to, to, to be in instead of choosing to be with Jesus in? Can we do this? See, when I say balconies, I'm talking about areas in our lives that Jesus wants to invade and change by his power. Because, guys, he's not calling us to comfort. He's calling us to calling. And so, our calling in life requires a fight. A daily fight for the call. Fighting for your life to be fully surrendered is far worth a life of being fully surrounded by attacks. You're quiet this morning. You want me to read that again? Okay. <laughs> Fighting for your life to be fully surrendered is far worth a life of being fully surrounded by attacks. When you choose calling, you are going to walk out this life, and you are going to take hits. But guess what? I would rather be walking and calling than sitting on a balcony dying, okay, knowing that I'm surrounded. And, and let me say this. You know, people say to me all the time, they're like, yo, pastor, I'm just getting attacked all the time. I'm like, okay, let's, let's talk about this. Like, let me pray for you. I'm not just going to be like, oh, go figure it out, right? <laughs> it would be terrible. Jordan, Andrew, don't do that. I'm like, let's, let's talk about this. What do you mean you're being attacked? Well, I just feel like I'm constantly under attack. I just feel like I can't get my feet underneath me. And I, and I, and I say this in love. Sometimes we, JP, is choosing to put himself in an attack rather than being in an attack. Okay, let me, you guys are staring at me with like, what? Sometimes people come to me like, I'm under attack. And I'm like, well, what's going on in your life? They're like, well, I'm doing this, this, and this. I don't really understand. I'm like, well, can I just tell you why you're under attack? It's called sin. I'm like, but great news. There's grace. <laughs> and there's hope. And there's mercy. Your life doesn't have to be under attack from sin. Guess what? You can be released from that. And I believe this, though. So when people come to me and say I'm under attack because Satan's just throwing everything I'm at, I'm like, how's your life? And their life is mirrored up to, like, they're walking with the Lord. They're talking to the Lord. They're doing the calling of God in their lives. Then I'm saying that's a different attack than you placing yourself under it. Is this making sense this morning? You're placing yourself under an attack because of the choices in your life that you're choosing instead of choosing to walk in the calling and commission of Jesus Christ. Guys, you're going to take attacks when you walk in the calling of Jesus Christ. But guess what? You're surrounded. So can we stop putting our, ourselves in attacks that we were never called to walk in because of choosing to fulfill our desires than the desires of the kingdom of God. 
So, so three things today. Three things. I hope this is helping some people. The first that I want to discover, I want to talk through, and there's always hope at the end of this. The first is this, that I see this. I want to pray this over people today. In order to choose the battlefield instead of the balcony, we need to say, God, reveal the balconies in my life. God, reveal the balconies in my life. You can pray that prayer, and God is so good that he'll do it. I love the moment when my wife and I were in the ultrasound room. And it was a day, 20 weeks in, we were going to find out what we were having. I had been praying and fasting for a long time. Full transparency at this church. I was ready for a girl. I, I, everyone spoke it over my life. You're going to have a girl. You're going to have a girl. And at that point, I had come to grips with it. I, I had started reading articles and, and watching YouTube stories of how to be a great dad to a daughter. I'm True story. Like, like, I was just like, I have no idea. We've been around, guys, side note, we've been around boys forever. Rachel and I were RDs for a bunch of football players for many years. Like, I don't know how to, like, girls start crying, and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> like walk away slowly, and they're, like, bawling. I'm like, I just don't know. I love being in that room, and they're ready. They're like, do you want to know what you're having? I'm like, yes, I've been wanting to know since day one. She's like, you're having a boy, and I remember. <laughs> I fell on top of Rachel, just like. And I just like passed out and Rachel's patting me and like consoling me and I was just like weeping before the Lord. And she said to the nurse, don't worry, he'd be this excited if he was having a girl too. And I was just like, ah, maybe. <laughs> I just love the moments when, when it was revealed to me that we were having a son. I love when you see moments of people when they, when they reveal things to people and there's excitement and there's joy and there's overwhelming like just anticipation to just receive what has been revealed to them. There's a beauty in revealing moments. You know what? You want to know the most amazing moment in my life, though, that I, I, I just love so much that God revealed to me? How lost I was. As a 22-year-old, how lost I was. How I had chosen a life of sin for far too long. I had chosen a life of trying to fit in and trying to be cool and trying to have everything together. How, how the, the drinking would help me or the girls would help me or the parties would help me or this crew or that crew would help me. And then that moment as a 22-year-old, God met me. He said, JP, i got to reveal something to you. You're lost. What? What? You're lost. But guess what? You could come back home. I'm great. Anybody grateful to God the day that he revealed that you were lost, but now you're found? You are not forgotten. You are saved. You are not forsaken, but you are found by Jesus Christ. That moment in my life is the best moment. It is better. I love him. It is better than having my son. It is better than the day I got married. She knows this. It is better than any other days to come. The day that Jesus revealed to me the balcony in my life, which was you were lost. It's the best day. Why? Because I got a hope. What? Guys, we're the church. <laughs> Let me try that again. We have a hope. Like in a future that is of the kingdom of God, the kingdom that's never going to end, it's never going to fade, it's never going to run out. We have a hope. And so God revealed the balconies in my life. And today, he may have revealed the balcony of you being lost and you chose to come home and you decided to say, you know what, I'm giving my life over to Jesus. And now today, he wants to reveal some deeper balconies, some stuff that you've built up, strongholds that you've allowed to be built up in your life. 
that God's saying today, hey, I want to break those down. So in order to break them down, I got to reveal them to you. Okay. Here's why this doesn't go over well. It's scary. It's not easy. Who wants to sit before God and say, God, reveal to me all my junk? No. (laughs) I'm the man. (laughs) I got this. Nobody likes to stand before God raw. Am I preaching to somebody? Like, like I don't, maybe, maybe somebody's here and they're like, I love it. Awesome. Let's have a prayer meeting together. But nobody likes to stand before God and just be like, God, reveal this stuff in me that shouldn't be there. Why? It's not easy. It's not a great prayer to pray. We rather pray, God, bless me. God, give me. God, expand me. But when you start praying, God, reveal to me. Your life goes to places and spaces you can't imagine. He does things in you that you won't even comprehend. When you start to say, God, reveal the balconies in my life. God doesn't reveal and expose stuff to condemn you. God is not a condemner of people. God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, reveals and exposes something. Let me just talk about me. In my life, not to condemn me, but to call me further. To call me to greater levels of love and of grace and of trust and of faith. He doesn't expose the junk in me just to say, JP, you got a bunch of junk in you. Figure it out, bro. He says, yo, you got a bunch of junk in you. Come here. Let me hold you. Let me tell you. Let me strengthen you. Let me build you so that you can go where God has called you to go. Is this helping anybody today? So what are some balconies? Pride. Selfish ambition. Schedules are so full that you can't fit God in. I don't really have time for God. My schedule is packed. Unhealthy friendships, relationships. Some, let me just say this. Some of you are in relationships that are so toxic that God is trying to reveal them to you, but you're doing this. And you keep running back to a toxic relationship and you're wondering why you're under attack. Because he's trying to reveal the balcony in your life instead of saying, I'm done going into this relationship. I'm done giving myself to this person. Guys and girls, this isn't just like, hey, girls to guys, right? Ladies, if he doesn't have a job, break up with him. Can we just start there? Like, they're like, what should I look for in a man? Well, if he has a job. Right? That's a good place to start. (laughs) Like, does he have money to take you on a date? (laughs) Start there. But then next, right, does he love Jesus, right? They're like, I knew, I knew this guy was crazy. I'm not coming back again. That's the second strike, done. Toxic relationships. Is that your balcony? Unhealthy friendships. You keep surrounding yourself by the friend group that you keep surrounding yourself by, and you're wondering why your life isn't moving forward because you're stuck in the same rut, and God is exposing it to you to show you, not to condemn you, to call you out of it. So what are the balconies? For David, the balcony was this. He allowed what was going on privately in his heart to come out publicly. For him, it was lust. In that moment, it was lust. He lusted over something he couldn't have or shouldn't have had. And he allowed what was in his heart to come out of his life. See, guys, your private life will always be exposed in your public life. I mean, we see it across all sorts of platforms today. There's no more hiding. There's no more secrets today. Like everything is coming out of the woodwork, right? And more than ever, I believe that the people of God are going to get exposed more and more if they're not walking righteously. Here's why. Because the world is tired of seeing fake Christians. 
that's not going to build a church. I'm really sorry. It's just they're like, yo, I need real. I need real stuff. So guess what, church? In order to be real, he's got to reveal what's in you to be real. That's a good word. So God, reveal in my heart the balconies. David tried to hide. He couldn't. You can't hide from God. He's so filled with love, he's just going to chase you down. You keep running as fast as you want. Go ahead, keep running. I hope you've got marathon legs in you. He's going to chase you down, and he's going to show you who he is and what's inside of you that needs to go in order to take you where he wants you to go. He's that good. The grace of God reveals. Second thing is this. So not only then does God reveal, but this is how good God is. We can pray God release me from the balcony. That was a really good place. Here, let me get my button. You ready? God, release me from the balcony. <laughs> God, release, release me. God, you've revealed it. And the thing about God's grace and love and nature and character is he doesn't just reveal you to leave you there. He reveals it, and then he wants to release you from this. You know, we, we have these things called swaddle things, blankets things now. Is, they're like all throughout my house. I'm like, what is this thing? She's like, it's a swaddle. And I was like, what is that? Like she, so my wife is awesome and we were trying to figure out how to swaddle him, and I'm like tucking him in real tight, my son Titus, and he's just staring at me like, why are you doing this to me? I'm like, I love you. I'm just, and my wife pulls out this little thing out of the drawer, and it's like this zipper with like this one strap and then this Velcro strap, and I'm like, good God, we're putting our kid in a straight jacket. Like, what is happening? And he loves it at first. He loves it. He's there all content, smiling, but he loves his hands. <laughs> in some way, he is like mini Houdini. He some way, somehow gets his hands out of that thing just to like right here. He's just like right here. And then you just see this little dumb grin on his face like. He loves the, I swear he would rather be released than held down. I'm just convinced of it. This is how we should live. Instead of being held down by sin and held down by shame and held down by guilt and held down by generational curses, if you receive Jesus Christ, generational curses are broken. They don't have any place in your life. Stop claiming them. Stop allowing them back in. Stop talking about them. Break them off and keep going. So guess what, God? You revealed it, and now you're releasing me from it. You can release me by your power. You can take me from grace to grace. From glory to glory. I believe something. David could have stopped in the moment he saw Bathsheba. I believe it. He could have stopped. And he could have said, Holy Spirit, I know what I'm about to do is messed up. Help me. Release me. And I believe something. God is so good, he empowers you right there in that moment. When you're facing temptation, can I say this? If you're, if you're, if you're facing temptation, say, God, Holy Spirit, help me. Release me from this temptation. Do not Cause me to walk into temptation. Deliver me from evil and watch him empower you. The question is, is will you choose to walk in it? Will you choose to walk in it? He's not, a, he's not a guy up there with a bunch of strings and a remote controller like, this one's mine, robot, awesome, cool. No. He says, you got a choice. You got free will. Do with it what you want. But guess what? When you're in a situation that's dark and heavy and you don't know how to do it and you say, God, release me from this, guess what he does? Gives you the power to be released. You want to come on up, the band's going to come up, because we're going to pray for some people. Guys, there are things in your lives that you need the, to have the Spirit of God invade. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Let me say that again. I want to proclaim that. And whether you believe this or not, I'm just going to proclaim this over your life. 
okay? 2 Corinthians 3, 17 says this, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom, freedom. Prisoners of war, man, talk about some legends. Talk about people that went through stuff. I know a lot, my dad worked with a lot of Vietnam vets when we were young kids. And he was telling me the story about how these guys were prisoners of wars for many, many, many years. You know what happened when they got released? They didn't run back and say, you know what, this feels better than freedom. They didn't go back to the prison cell and say, you know what, this is what my life was for the past 10, 15. No, they got out of that thing and they left that thing. They left it. They didn't go back and choose to say, you know what, I want to be back in that place. They said, I got freedom, and I'm running out of this place. I'm running to where the Spirit of the Lord is. I'm running to where Jesus has called me to go. I'm running after the things of God. I am not looking back. I am going forward, and I'm pressing on. God, release me in Jesus' name from the balconies in my life. And then the third thing is this. This is the joy. This is the grace. This is the good news. I love this part. And we're going to celebrate, and we're going to sing, and we're going to pray for people. Is this good? So good to have you all. Third thing is this, though. This is a prayer we can pray. God, restore me back to the battlefield. Woo! God, you've revealed it. You're going to release me. And then he's so good. He's the restorer of all mankind. God, restore me back to the battlefield. God, restore me. I want you to catch this today because I don't want any of you to walk out of here going, well, he's just going to show me. He's going to release me. And then what's next? What's next is this thing called a fight of faith. This thing's a battle. And many churches today, and I don't mean anything wrong against them. I love the church of God, but they're saying, yo, he's good. Just, he's worthy of all praise. And they're not telling people that, hey, also with God, there's fights. And there's battles. And they rage, and they're hard, and we're battling powers of principalities and darkness that we can't even see. That's what's going on for your life and your soul, because Satan wants to grab as many souls as he can. Okay? This, once again, doesn't really build, you know. But I want you to catch this, that God wants to restore your life back to the battlefield. You're sitting here, and you're maybe saying, well, JP, pastor, I'm not a warrior. I'm not a king. This story doesn't relate to me. Well, let me just say this. First Peter 3, 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Pastor, I don't have royalty. I am not a king. Let me tell you something. The moment you receive Jesus Christ, guess what you now are called? Guess. Just take a guess. If you don't know, let me just, let me just tell you. Better yet, don't guess. You are a son and a daughter of the king. Of the king. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am. Not just some king that we see on TV or some person we see out on the screens of life. No, you are the son and daughter of the great king. You are a royalty. So guess what? Check that off your list. Well, I'm not a warrior. I don't have fight in me. Guess what? The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Talk about a spirit. <laughs> Talk about a strong, mighty spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and took the keys of death with him out of that grave, it says that it resides in you. Guess what that calls you to do? Fight. It calls you to fight for the things of God. It calls you to be a warrior, to not surrender, to not wave the white flag, but to keep 
going. Guys, this is how good our God is, that he wants to restore us back to the fight. Today is a new day. His mercies are brand new today. So guess what? You may be falling all day long for the past 17 weeks. I just, 17 weeks, I have no idea where that came from. Today is a new day. Brand new. He can restore you. So your balcony, it could be stepping out of your marriage. But your battlefield could be to step back in it and ask God to surround it. Your balcony could be living with regret and failure. And your battlefield could be that God wants to restore the calling you were destined to have from the beginning of time. I'm going to read these because this is going to help somebody. Your balcony could be ignoring a dream, a vision God's spoken to you. Your battlefield could be to ask God to restore the dream that was put inside of you and watch him restore it. This is quiet, but it's okay. Your balcony could be a lacking of keeping your word or lying constantly. This generation, guys, hey, 2019, all your young kids, everybody, everybody, let's just say it. Let's keep our word. Let our yes be yes and our no be no, okay? Because we got a bunch of people saying yes to stuff and they flake out. Let's not be that, Okay? Your battlefield could be saying, God, help me to keep my yes. Help me to keep my word. Help me to hold what I say to what you would want me to say. Your balcony could be the insecurity inside of you or the feeling of having to be the man or woman and be recognized. Your battlefield could be being built up in the shadows and not being, needing to be in the front row. Guys, this generation today is all about having to be somebody. Guess what? You are somebody in Jesus' name. He sees you. You don't need a platform. You don't need to have a bunch of following to be recognized to be somebody. Guys, you are somebody. Your balcony could be that you're afraid to be courageous around others. Your battlefield could be to step up with God's help and be courageous by his spirit and ask God to restore you back to it. Guys, grace helps us stay in the fight. Alex, I'm done. Grace helps us stay in the fight. God can restore you back to the battlefield, but hey, guess what? He needs to reveal Today, he wants to reveal some stuff. Maybe as you leave today, he wants to continue to reveal some stuff. Because guess what? He needs you. He wants you. He desires you. He desires wholeness for you. He desires you to be who he's called you to be. And so guess what? Maybe you have the bold faith to say, God, reveal to me. Release me. Put me back to the battlefield. And the last one is this. Your balcony could be that you've never received Jesus Christ. You've been fighting him. Fighting him fighting him. You see him. You see what he's doing. You, 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 some people say, oh, I think I've, I actually heard God one time, but I just, it wasn't my time yet. I wasn't ready. Your battlefield could be salvation today. So I don't know where you're at in the room. This is an awkward close. Not going to lie. It's not a transition that's like communication 101. <laughs> because here's the reality. If we can catch this, if we can catch that God wants to reveal and release us from stuff in our hearts to make us better, we will be a dangerous church. We will be a powerful church. We will be people of God that will see things happen. We'll see revival take place. We'll see lives transformed. We'll see salvations upon salvations upon salvations come to this place. So today our prayer is simple. God, reveal, release, restore. Church, would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for mighty examples of people in your word, God, that show us how to live and show us what is right and show us, God, how we can be better. And so, Father, this morning, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit 
that you reveal things to each and every one of us, me included, God, have your way in my heart. Reveal the things that I'm holding on to that need to be let go. The sin, the insecurity, the doubt, the fear. Reveal it. But God, by your power, by your Holy Spirit, would you right now in the name of Jesus release people from everything that you are showing them, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that they will lay it at your feet, that ever to pick it up again, God. God, that they would be released from every bondage, from every attack, from every lie, from every stronghold, from every generational curse. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you will release people by your Spirit's power. And God, today, I pray that you'll restore us. Restore us back to the battlefield. Put our lives back in this fight. Help us to hold on to your hand. Help us to not doubt, not fear, but step in tune with what you're doing. 